The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So today I thought to respond to a question, or maybe two, um, of ones that had been submitted over the last few weeks. The first question um, is a question about working with Vedana or feeling tone. The, um, the Buddha talked about feeling tone, whether experience is pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, as being a, a really important area to attend to because it is from feeling tone when something's pleasant, we tend to not like it, not want it, want it to go away. We, we tend to kind of not necessarily notice the feeling tone and we're already reacting to it. We're already wanting to, to push it away if it's unpleasant. If it's pleasant, we tend to want to lean in towards it have more of it, hold on to it, keep it. And if it's neutral or neither pleasant nor unpleasant, then often we're, it's kind of spacing out around it or not really noticing it. Or maybe we're bored um, when there's neutral feeling tone. So um, um, the question is, I've been playing with Vedana during meditation and in daily life. I often find that I identify phenomena as pleasant or unpleasant only after I've already moved towards or away from it. Almost as if in retrograde fashion, I experience craving and attachment before the feeling tone, before Vedana. What are some strategies for me to experience Vedana before craving and attachment? Now, this is a question I think that... um, it's, it's, it's an interesting question and, and one that I think there's a lot of different angles to. So I'll probably talk about it for a little while here. Um, um, but first I want to just, just mention or say that this is, um, this experience that you're describing, um, of noticing the reactivity before noticing the feeling tone. That's kind of how our minds work with feeling tone. Feeling tone's a kind of subtle experience. And so often, very often, we are already reacting, and we don't even know what we are reacting to. You know, we're we're already frustrated or angry or confused or wanting to hold on to something or, or, you know, feeling good about things, and we don't really know why. You know, we're, we're just kind of responding to that very basic level of feeling tone without really knowing the feeling tone. So this description um, is kind of how we are um, before we come to meet the teachings of the Buddha in some way. It's much, much more rare for us to actually recognize, oh, there was this unpleasant sensation, this unpleasant experience, and that's why I'm having all of this reactivity. And so the, um, um, that experience of noticing the reactivity first, that's, that's pretty common. Even after we, even after we start learning about mindfulness and learning about being attentive to experience, the reactivity, the craving, the attachment, the aversion are all way more obvious than feeling tone. 
So we're, we're likely going to, to experience the, um, or notice the, um, the craving, the attachment, the aversion before we notice the feeling tone because the feeling tone is so subtle. So I just want to kind of normalize that. That's, that's, um, um, it's not at all, it's not at all unusual. And in fact, it's often the way the practice moves, the direction the practice moves in as we start to understand the reactivity and we understand how much, how painful it is. It's like that, that becomes almost like a wake up bell for us when we, um, um, have a kind of suffering or a kind of reaction or craving a, a tension, a contraction in the body, wanting to hold on to something or an aversion. That's a, it's a, it's a more obvious experience. And so we notice it pretty quickly. So mindfulness kind of gets attuned to that experience and it wakes up with that experience of reactivity. It's less attuned to the experience of the feeling tone of the more subtle, pleasant, unpleasant or neutral feeling. And so it's, it's not, it's not often, at least early on in our practice for sure. And even way in there, I mean, I still have this happen all the time. This kind of noticing, oh, I'm reacting, you know, okay, you know, well, what is it that I'm reacting to? What is the pleasant or unpleasant experience in the field? Um, so, so, um, this, this kind of seeing that there is a reactivity is um, an understanding that there is some feeling tone that is a pleasant or unpleasant feeling tone that's kind of maybe the springboard, we could say, off of which that reactivity is coming. That's um, an understanding that's, that comes to us as we practice, as we learn about the teachings of the Buddha, as we even begin to um, to see how, oh yeah, I am reacting and it is that feeling, you know, that's what I'm reacting to. So we begin to understand that connection. We, we understand the connection between the feeling tone and the reactivity. And so this is all really useful to understand that. In terms of seeing the feeling tone before the craving and attachment, what I would say is um, the first place to begin is exactly where you are, which is... Um, um, seeing that there's a reactivity and r- realizing, oh, there is some kind of feeling tone that's connected to that reactivity. Now, that isn't always obvious, you know, what the, the feeling tone is. You know, it's, 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 um, it's really helpful when you notice there's reactivity. The first piece, maybe before, um, before, like, um, trying to to uh, see the feeling tone first is to um, to recognize okay well there's this unpleasant reaction that I'm having there's this reactivity in the mind so then then kind of maybe do a little bit of exploration what is that reactivity connected with it can sometimes surprise us you know that we find ourselves in a in a state of confusion or fear or aversion and um you know and and we may not ex- we think we might think we know what we're reacting to 
But if we start, when we start to be curious, it's like, well, well, what is actually going on here? And so sometimes a little investigation, a kind of a, a checking around in the environment of the body, of the experience. First check in in the body. Is there something physical in the body? Some touch, some physical sensation that's unpleasant. And does that physical sensation feel connected to the reactivity? Sometimes we might find something, something really kind of clear and obvious. Oh, that's what it is. I'm really hungry. That's what's going on. Or, you know, maybe there's a pain in the body that we hadn't quite noticed. Um, at other times, it might kind of be, well, there's kind of this little unpleasant stuff, but it feels like this reactivity is, is just connected to something else. You know, it doesn't really feel like it doesn't have the intuitive click that it's connected to that physical unpleasant or physical pleasant sensation. And so then you might check in, well, what about, is there anything that I'm seeing or is there anything I'm hearing? So, you know, kind of go through the senses, check through all the senses and, and see, is there some pleasant or unpleasant experience connected with any of the physical senses, starting with that, because the, the physical senses is are more obvious. So is it something I'm seeing? Is it something I'm hearing? Something I'm smelling, tasting? Touch sense is probably the, the main one. Touch and hearing are two big ones. Seeing another. Um, but so that, so checking into that, is it some actual um, physical sensation in our physical sense basis where the unpleasantness is? And again, it might or might, there might or not, not be some click that's like, oh, that's what's happening. You know, I'm seeing that thing or hearing that thing. Maybe there's been this background noise of a leaf blower going that's that I hadn't really noticed. That's just got me on edge. You know, something like that could be, oh, that's what's going on. That's the unpleasant experience that this whole thing is connected to. Um, and if it's not in the physical realm, then it, there's a little more subtle kind of question or checking in, well, what? What's going on in the mind? You know, is there some kind of idea, or belief, or is there some emotion or mood that's kind of in the background that I hadn't really noticed or felt? So kind of broadening the attention. It's like, well, what else is going on? And, and see if there might be something pleasant or unpleasant or you know, potentially even neutral going on that that reactivity is connected with. So that's that's the first step, partly, like in terms of beginning to connect or understand how the reactivity is springing out of a uh, of a response to or is a response to um, some kind of feeling tone that understanding that connection understanding or kind of making that connection through exploring, well, here's the feeling, this reactivity. I don't like something. I'm, I'm really frustrated. Okay. Well, what's going on? What's, is there something that I feel like I'm not something pleasant that I'm not able to get or something unpleasant that I feel like I'm not able to get rid of? What, what is going on? And so that maybe begin to, to let you get a sense of what the pleasant or unpleasant thing is that this reactivity is connected to. Once there's that sense of here's an unpleasant experience and here's a reaction or here's a pleasant experience and here's a craving, here's an attachment, 
then the next step would be to just hold both to kind of understand or recognize, yeah, that's happening, that unpleasant feeling, and I don't like it. That's what's going on right now. With that kind of um, practice, holding or recognizing or um, understanding, okay, there's this unpleasant thing and there's this reaction to it. When we hold both at the same time and understand that there's a kind of connection between them, sometimes what will happen is the reaction will fade. It will just be like, Oh, of course, you know, there's that, you know, that sound of the leaf blower going. That's what this kind of agitation is about. And when we kind of connect or notice the sound of the leaf blower, we can just know, well, there's the leaf blower. You know, maybe, maybe the reactivity goes away and we're just with that sound of the leaf blower. And maybe we can notice, well, that's unpleasant, or maybe it even stops becoming unpleasant. Because it's the, it was the resistance to potentially something like the resistance to the leaf blower that turned it into an unpleasant phenomenon. And so seeing that, you know, seeing potentially seeing the reactivity die or diminish, you might learn something about the connection between the feeling tone and the reactivity and how the reactivity can then alter the feeling tone. So there's a lot to learn through this kind of of exploration around holding or being with both the feeling tone and the reactivity. Now, the the other piece about the um, so at that moment, at that moment, if you have at that moment touched into or see, oh, here's a feeling tone and the reactivity has fallen away. In the question, it didn't say that that had happened. But if this happens, if you see in a moment that there's a feeling tone and the reactivity falls away, in that moment, you are aware of the feeling tone without reactivity arising. So that's that's kind of, it, it kind of is going, it, it's going, you, you haven't seen the feeling tone before any reactivity arose, but you are now in a place of seeing the, seeing the feeling tone and there isn't reactivity arising. So that begins to give you the sense or the flavor or the taste of what it's like to experience the feeling tone before craving or attachment or aversion arises. Because in that moment, I mean, going forward, you know, going forward, you're, you are experiencing feeling tone before craving because craving is not arising in this moment. It might, it, it might be, it, it might be interesting to kind of hang out with that feeling tone for a little while. The leaf blower, for instance, let's use that, keep using that. You know, it's like the leaf blower. It's like, oh, it's just the leaf blower. Okay. Well, let's just hang out with the leaf blower for a little while. And then you might notice, oh, there's the leaf blower and oh, it's kind of, sort of unpleasant, but not really. Oh, it's kind of neutral. And then you might notice that it turns unpleasant again. And then you might notice that the reactivity arises. So, um, you know, if you, if you hang out with a, a feeling tone that has habitually in the past um, created or sprung into a reactivity, if you can kind of see a reactivity come and go, then you can learn something about what's going on in that 
in that place where the reactivity springs out of the feeling tone. This is a really useful exploration because in the teachings of the Buddha, um, the, the, the teaching around how craving arises, craving arises in dependence on feeling tone. And so um, learning something about that connection, learning something about the feeling tone and what it is about the feeling tone. And it's not just the feeling tone. There's something kind of in the field with feeling tone that creates the springing into, into craving, into reactivity. It's usually some kind of a view, some kind of an idea that it, that the, that the, um, the feeling tone becomes a problem to be solved or to be gotten rid of or to hold on to. Um, so, so, you know, that, that, that exploration around, well, there's feeling tone and what is it that, you know, in that place where you, you know, there tends to be reactivity, maybe seeing the reactivity fall away, possible that seeing the, the feeling tone and then maybe feel seeing the reactivity come and go, you'll learn something about that climate of ideas, perhaps of views of something else going on that may be um, contributing to the movement from the feeling tone to the reactivity. So this whole exploration around feeling tone and reactivity is useful whether or not you're seeing the feeling tone before reactivity or not, that whole, that whole, the whole exploration is useful. We don't have to, uh, one of the, one of the maybe potentially misunderstandings around the teaching about craving, feeling tone leads to craving, um, is that in order to have freedom, we might think, well, I have to experience the feeling tone without the reactivity in order for freedom to happen. But that would have to be the mind state. That would have to be where the, the mind is to, to see that, um, to have that kind of freedom. But the, the teachings indicate that at any point of whatever is arising, if it's craving that's arising, we can see that craving and understand something about how it comes to be, understand something about how it falls apart. And freedom can happen right in the midst of that, of seeing and understanding craving. Freedom can happen right in the midst of seeing and understanding the identification of self-hatred. So it's not that we have to somehow get back to what was it that led to, what was the unpleasant experience or memory or thought or belief that led to the self-hatred, we don't necessarily have to see that. Sometimes we can just see through the construction of self-hatred or the construction of the aversion in the moment and have the experience of the vanishing of that and feel the freedom of that. So, so we don't have to get back to the place where we somehow see feeling tone before craving or before reactivity. However, it is possible. <laughs> it's possible um, to see that. 
So I would say the first piece, so what I've described so far or talked about so far, you know, just the exploration around why you have reactivity, that's where you start. So be curious about what kind of feeling tones might be connected to that. You know, what, what, what is kind of the springboard for that particular? What's the springboard for that particular reactivity? And be curious about that connection between that feeling and that reactivity. Um, There's also potentially some exploration or other kinds of practices that might be useful in terms of familiarizing yourself with feeling tone before reactivity. Just... Um, like at a time when you're feeling pretty good or just kind of calm or relaxed, just kind of check in. Well, what, not just what's the most obvious experience, but, you know, kind of look at what's most obvious in your experience and then check in what's the feeling tone to that experience. This was kind of eye-opening for me when I first started exploring this, you know, it's just like, I was sitting, it's like, things are fine. And what, what happens? I start, okay, well, what's the most obvious thing? Oh, that unpleasant experience. That's the most obvious thing. I wasn't particularly reacting to it, but, but I found through this kind of exploration that my mind tended to gravitate towards the unpleasant when all, when all else was equal. It's like, that was my habit of mind. It was kind of amazing to see that. And, and, uh, and, and I began to understand well, okay, no wonder my mind is so kind of aversive if that's its habit to gravitate towards the unpleasant. You know, it's kind of like, well, of course, there's a lot of aversion there. But that was just a kind of an exploration of, of getting familiar with the various flavors of feeling tone, the pleasant, the unpleasant, the neutral, in the various fields of experience. So exploring in the body, exploring in hearing, just kind of be curious. Take some time to get familiar with feeling tone, insight, in sound. What is it that we find pleasant, unpleasant, neither pleasant nor unpleasant in body sensation, in sight, in sound, and then also in the mind? You know, the, the mental states also have feeling tone. So happiness, you know, happiness or delight or joy, these are pleasant. Anger tends to be unpleasant. You know, so so recognizing that all of our experience has feeling tone and that curiosity, kind of doing a little bit of an investigation or an exploration around uh, what are the feeling tones um, so that you you... What, what it's kind of like what you're doing there is sensitizing the mindfulness to the, the area of feeling so that it's more familiar with it. When we're more familiar with an ex- area of experience through mindfulness, we t- it tends to um, kind of, as I said earlier, you know, we, we initially kind of notice the reactivity because it's so obvious because it's something that we've um, paid attention to, it's, it's one of the more obvious things. And so it tends to wake us up when it happens. And that's a great thing. You know, it's a great thing, actually, when mindfulness can wake up with suffering. Um, but also as we kind of begin to attune to or, or take some time to be curious about feeling tone, then we might begin to wake up with 
feeling tone too before it, it might lead into reactivity. So that's, that's one way to begin to kind of move in the direction of seeing feeling tone before reactivity would happen. The other piece about that, about seeing feeling tone before reactivity and the way it's happened for me primarily is more in more often and more in long retreat um, when there's a little bit more continuity of mindfulness, when there's continuity of mindfulness and um, there's that attunement to the feeling tone, you know, there's, there's just a kind of a place of the mind which can be very interested in seeing or experiencing feeling tone coming and going. And in that kind of a, a place or time, you're, you're kind of attuned to feeling and maybe in a place of, of equanimity, just like, yeah, there's unpleasant feeling, there's pleasant feeling. And we feel that kind of sense of it not being a problem that there's pleasant or unpleasant. There's no movement of reactivity, but that, that kind of happens a little bit more as there's more continuity of mindfulness, as there's more balance in the mind, as there's more stability in the mind. That's something that happens more than something we try to do in my experience. It's, it's kind of like the gift of the practice over time. Um, um, the gift of the practice allows us to uh, see things more continuously and have a little bit more um, ability to notice the feeling tone before we end up reacting to it. There might be one more piece. Actually, I think that's probably enough for me. I want to see if there's any comments or questions from what I've said, because that ended up being a little more than a, a more like a Dharma talk. <laughs> so yeah, comments or questions about, about that. Yeah, Ali. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for your uh, explanation. It was just like so fresh for me today that you were saying in the afternoon. I was talking to the insurance company and then uh, uh, one said one thing, one rep, and then the other one said something else. Uh, so I was just better confused. And then there was a view in there that how incompetent uh, uh, these are. So that was the view. But then I, when I sat down to uh, my calf was cold, you know, just, I said, good, let me sit with it and just see if I can feel it after the conversation was over. Uh, sit with it, see if I can uh, feel this. First of all, it was, I was sitting in order for that to go away. Uh, and then, <laughs> but that didn't happen. So I called again, uh, hoping to get a third person to, uh, to say another person, another representative to say what I wanted to hear, you know, the ones that was in my favor. Uh, that didn't happen, so <laughs> I was hoping he would pick up, but it didn't happen. So anyway, uh, but uh, that, that was my exploration of that was happening. But it was interesting uh, when I saw my reactivity on the phone and <clears throat> just, you know, getting excited and all that kind of stuff, sitting back, and then I was able to drop in uh, my feet, the calf, and then that that's like where I felt it this time. I've had it before also. Uh but um, so, do you have a sense? Really happened. Sorry, sorry. Do you have a sense in that experience of what was unpleasant 
I mean, you, 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 you pointed to it, I think, but do you have a sense of what was unpleasant? I mean, you said you, you were sitting with an experience because you wanted it to go away. So there was an unpleasant experience you were having there. You know, what was Mm -hmm. that? What was that unpleasant experience? Well, uh, the experience of like, (laughs) maybe I should have handled it better. I mean, why would I be getting so, you know, worked up over this? I don't know if that's the experience. I, I don't know. Why would I get so worked up over this, you know, conversation? Yeah, uh, so so that's the place to kind of look. I mean, I've I've seen you in the past, you know, it's like I'm sitting with something in order for it to go away instead of just sitting with it in order to be curious, you know. And, and so what what is the actual feeling? What's there? You know, so that that's the that's a place to explore. Yeah, but the mind is just so reactive, like a couple, you know, yep. five minutes, three minutes right after that. It, it can't slow that much down for, my, for me. Yeah, and, and that's, where, that's why we kind of have to start from the reactivity often. That's where we have to start. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Thank <Alan>. you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Charles Lee. Hi, thanks. Um, yeah, that was a, a wonderful uh uh, answer. Um, uh, but I guess three things came up for me. Um, one was a teaching that I think I've heard many teachers say, which is kind of, uh, asking the question of, you know, what am I willing, what am I not willing to feel in this moment? What am I, you know, what am I glossing over? What am I avoiding feeling? Um, and then the other two have to do, I guess, with the chain of dependent origination and, uh, uh, I like when you said um, uh, uh, that that even the the reactivity or the craving can condition or can create a different feeling tone itself. So is is there a way that dependent origination actually it doesn't necessarily go in one direction, but it can re- it you know loops. can go in the in, in the other direction or or it loops all the way around. It loops, kind of yeah, bites it definitely its own tail. loops. Yep, and then. Um, yeah. And then also the, the, the revelation, uh, a revelation that, um, uh, the chain can be broken at kind of at any point. It, you know, it doesn't have to be just, you know, just at that, uh, uh, Vedna, uh, the Tanha, uh, link. Yeah. And that's, Thanks. that's, that's an important one because, um, I think so often in the teaching of dependent origination, that, that link is emphasized and, you know, it is maybe what we could call a weak link, you know, in terms of seeing the feeling tone. If we see the feeling tone, then, you know, it can kind of short circuit the movement to uh, to craving. But there's definitely other teachings that 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 point to one particular teaching that that like looks at every single link and says, yep, you can fi- you can find freedom there, <laughs> find freedom there. So it, it doesn't matter. Like so we don't have to come back or like walk our way back to, to feeling tone in order for freedom to happen. So that for me was a really big uh, kind of relief <laughs> in a way. The first, the first piece you, you mentioned that question of what, what is like, what did you say? Not wanting to be felt or. What am I not willing to feel? What am I not willing to feel? That's a great question to help maybe find or open to some feeling tone that is under the surface. 
you know, that that's a good way to explore into some of those, um, you know, some of those subtler feeling tones. Yeah. 